I love the way the First Gen Lounge makes me feel. Because it creates a space where I belong, where we're able to create community. The fact that it's a community. It's a safe place. It also gives me a place to understand different perspectives. The stories of these individuals prescribe transformational perspective. I receive encouragement, enlightenment, empowerment. And also serve as a catalyst to just keep going. Where we're able to be our true selves. I'm allowed to be an unapologetic first gen. And above all else, tell our story. And every episode is unique. I love it. I'm your host, Dr. Eve, and I'd like to welcome you to the First Gen Lounge. Hey, hey, before we jump into today's session, I'd like to take a moment to invite you to become a part of the First Gen Lounge family. I like to say that it's goodness beyond the podcast and where I share with you exclusive offers, resources to navigate life and entrepreneurship and event information. So when this conversation comes to an end, head on over to www.thefirstgenlounge.com forward slash family to join. I've even dropped a link in the show notes to make it easy for you. All right, now let's get into it. Hey, beautiful people. Hey, so glad to have you here again. You, I mean, I know that you know that you know this. So like it's, you being here is everything to me. So I definitely appreciate you. So we're doing something different again this week. And y'all know I'm all for trying new things and, and seeing what does and does not work. And I've really been having a ball with the content creation lately content creation, recreation, whichever one you want to call it. That's fine. I'm cool with it. But in the spirit of doing something new, something fresh for this show, I am actually sharing with you all an interview that I did not too long ago. I was on the Mentor Select podcast with a host, Derek Phillips, who is a really, really, really dope person, a motivational speaker, podcast host, and an author who is really out here getting people to see how their mess is for their progress. If I made that up, then hey. But it's really a show talking about mentorship, um, his show, the, his podcast, and what mentorship looks like and how it shapes who we are and what we become. And for my particular episode, I really started thinking a lot about leading with passion and purpose um, and then talking about how mentorship has really helped me to navigate my life and how mentors have helped me to get to where I am today. But really, this was one of the fun interviews that I've had. I've had many amazing interviews when I thought about one that I wanted to share. I was like, hey, I think this will be great. Again, just really contingent on the fact that we are gearing up for 2020. And if y'all notice, I've been going hard for y'all for this 2020 get ready because I don't want y'all to like be getting ready late. And just off of who I am and and what I've been through, how many times have I have waited to do something that I just should have done sooner? And then I'm tripping out because it's like last minute and there's so much going on. And I'm just like, no, this ain't what I want. So all of that to say, I want you to enjoy this show. And it is not my show. It's not my interview. I am being interviewed on the Mentor Select podcast, which again is hosted by Derek Phillips. So if you get a chance, I definitely even encourage you to go check out his podcast and check out some of you know his content, the people who've been on this show who are just doing amazing and dynamic things. And for those of you who are you know really interested in mentorship, much like I am, and I really probably do a mentorship series, hey, I ain't trying to bite Derek. I ain't trying to bite. I'm just saying, I definitely want to do something with that. But in the meantime, good people, hope that the rest of this week and the week that's coming finds you well, finds you amazing and doing the things that you love, uh, feeling confident in all that you do. So enjoy this interview. 
Oh, I need it again. I rhyme. Spit, 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 spit. 16. I, I got bars. I got bars. Speaking of bars, let me tell you this right quick, too. Went to Atlanta this past weekend to celebrate my husband's birthday. Shout out to Dr. King. And it was really funny because I, I don't know if you know this. And if you don't now, you know, I used to rap when I was younger. And y'all, I am dusty. I am crusty. I am all of that. But uh, I felt inspired to start writing again. So don't be surprised if one of these shows ends up just being open, open mic night, spoken word, you know, taking it back to what it used to be kind of thing. All right. So for real, here's the show. Enjoy it. Love you. Our guest mentor today is Dr. Eve Hudson. She is an educator, an author, motivational speaker, host of the First Gen Lounge podcast. Uh, Dr. Eve does it all. And man, this interview is so impactful. I'm thrilled to bring it to you. She has so much wisdom that she shares with us throughout the interview. And she's just very open and candid about just her life experiences, her values and just her philosophy on life and serving. So let's jump into this interview so you can get the Dr. Eve Hudson experience. So today we have Dr. Eve on the Mentor Select Podcast. How are you? I am well. How are you? I'm doing fantastic. I've been waiting to have you on the podcast, anxiously waiting. So <laughs> certainly excited to hear all the wisdom you're going to share with us today. Well, I appreciate you for having me and I, you know, thank your listeners for, for tuning in and continuing to be loyal fans. Thanks, <laughs> thanks to each of y'all. Definitely. I love them. So Dr. Eve, on the Mentor Select Podcast, we like to get to know our guest mentors better. So do you mind sharing something with us that most people don't know about you? Uh, <laughs> this is a, um, one of my fun, fun facts, of course. All right. When I was in high school, uh, my sophomore year, I played JV football. Um, I was the first girl for my school and I think the first in the district as well. So I kind of made history there. I was a nose guard and um, yeah, I maxed out during that time at like 250 on the bench. So I thought back then I was beast mode, Um, but it's just I didn't know I had the strength. And so that's kind of something that a lot of people don't know. I ended up getting hurt in the season. How ironic and stopped playing, but if I had kept going, I probably would have been varsity. Wow. Hey, you probably would have made history and been in first in the NFL. Who knows? <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to let them have that. <laughs> I'm going to let they can have that. Somebody's going to get that on somebody. <laughs> right. But no, that's, that's really cool, especially benching 250. Wow. Most men, I struggle with 250. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no. Like, I, um, it was also track, avid track and field. Okay. And so I did like shot quiz, discus, and javelin. So I had to do a lot of upper body strength. So I didn't realize I did anything special until like years later. <laughs> so. That's impressive. Definitely bragging rights. <laughs> Thank you. I don't know if I can still do it though. <laughs> <laughs> well, thanks for sharing that with us. Dr. E, we really encourage our listeners to follow their passions because we believe it will ultimately lead them to their dream career. Can you tell us how you're following your passions? Oh, yes. So I have a background in higher education. Uh, My first love is working with college students. When I went to school, I never wanted to leave school. So (laughs) I figured out how to make that possible. But I always wanted to be a speaker, a motivational speaker at that. And that wasn't something that people around me did unnecessarily. It was always a, a black and white to, for lack of a better words, job. So be a teacher, be a doctor, be a lawyer. But things like creative things, like being a speaker, how do you get to that? Nobody can really tell me. But 
over the past three years of my life, I've actually come around to figuring that part out. So me living in my passions is not only being a speaker, a motivational speaker, a podcast host, and an author. It's really centered around inspiring people and empowering them, but more specifically, first-generation college students and professionals. So being still very passionate about higher education, I found a way to still serve students and to work with them in entities of higher education in ways that are extremely fulfilling. But at the same time, I've learned how to support a group of individuals that are dear to my heart, individuals similar to myself, and I'm just having a ball with it right now. Wow. Very cool. And... So, Dr. Eve, as far as becoming a motivational speaker and inspiring people, like I said, it's just not a common career field. And it's it's really foreign to most people that to understand that there's individuals out there who get paid to, to speak, to inspire others. Uh, what was that journey like, making that transition to pursuing that dream? Absolutely tough. I'm not going to sugarcoat. It has been one of those things where at first I thought, oh, this would be easy. Everybody wants a speaker. Everybody will hire a speaker. But that's not necessarily true. Being a speaker is just like any other business. You have to have a target audience. You have to have a service or a product that you're providing that people need. You have to be focused on what you're doing and be ready for a lot of no. For me in particular, It's been one of those things to where I knew I wanted to speak to college students. I knew that that was my audience. But college students, you have athletes, you have minority students, you have first-gen students, you have students in leadership, (laughs) Greek students, you have students all across the board. So even with that, um, having to learn how to niche down and focus even on a specific group of students, something that I didn't do initially. And I was just kind of speaking everywhere for everybody. And that was good because it was getting me out there, but it was also not good because people couldn't tell you who I spoke to or what I spoke about. Okay. They couldn't tell you that I was inspirational or motivational or empowerment or life or, you know, what's the story? So I had to really learn how to hone in on what was important to me to talk about and to whom I really thought needed the message, but not just that, to focus on who I could help in terms of the institution type and how I could support their mission for their students. And once I gained clarity about that and started to focus more on the benefit of me speaking and stop stopping to look at it as something that you just do for fun, because some people just think it's fun. It's a lot of work. Yeah. Um, preparing your speeches and your presentations or preparing your workshops and your handouts and making sure everything's come together and you know getting feedback and the travel. It's far more to it than just showing up and speaking, hey, good job. There's a lot of thought that's put into it as well. But it has been a very rewarding journey for me. And I would say it's taken some time to pick up and to kind of get the momentum. But when it's picking up and has picked up, and I know my high seasons and low seasons, I mean, it's all good. So it's just finding what to do in between time. But that's when I spend more time podcasting. Okay. Okay. Wow. You may point out a lot of good things where I think anyone starting a business period should keep in mind. The first is really identifying, I would say, pick your lane. And mm-hmm. who, who is your target audience? Because you can't, can't speak to everyone. You can't serve everyone. You can try, but it's not going to be as effective as if you were pinpoint in on who is, who can you best serve and who is your message going to impact the most. So that's, mm-hmm. yeah, that's really good advice for someone starting any type of business, but especially as, as a speaker. So who is your target demographic? Who did you identify? So first generation college students, typically individuals who are 
and programs that serve them um, and individuals through multicultural affairs um, at institutions. But I could almost look at an institution's data and tell if they have first-generation students or not, and typically it's based off of income um, for me. And so it's just knowing who you're serving again. Like if you are an individual who's looking to speak to student athletes, it may not make sense to try to get in with the liberal arts school that's, you know, all about the arts, <laughs> you know, that doesn't have pro, it has like one, you know, athletic team. But if you're looking to speak to athletes who come from a certain background, maybe privileged background, it would make sense to target Michigan and Ohio State versus trying to go to, you know, backwards Mississippi. And I think funny, but, yeah. you know, it, it still really depends on who you're after. So um, that's kind of how I look at it for first gen I look at the school literally I'm in the south a lot and the west coast is an area that I'm just now I'm starting to get to I mean all over the country actually but some places are more concentrated especially rural areas uh, compared to cities although urbans do have first gens it's just different how everybody's approaching the first gen life okay all right so when you go into to these universities speak to students what type of programs do you offer Mm, so I offer um, keynote, uh, really one around empowerment and sharing the story of being first gen, overcoming the adversity, uh, maneuvering through education and starting a business. Uh, that's pretty much that one. And then I have another where I talk about adulting and what it means to be a first generation college student, turning into an adult and, and making sense out of life and the challenges that come with life and how to set a blueprint to be able to do that. And I also have a program that I typically gear toward faculty staff. That's really around how do you work with students from underrepresented populations, especially the first generation college students to help them have a more liberating and fulfilling and promising experience as students on their particular campuses. Wow. Very comprehensive approach. (laughs) (laughs) How to take care of everybody. (laughs) Yeah. No, that's that's great. Yeah. From the faculty to the students, they all need to be on the same page. That's fantastic. So how long have you been at the speaking business? So legitimately for three years, but I have been speaking for, ooh, how old am I? (laughs) (laughs) Um, I want to say as far back as high school. So though it was never business, I was always called on to speak. And that was the thing that got me. You ever had the question, what do people always call on you for? Right. You know, what they need you for? And for me, it was always speaking. Um, I always found myself in the forefront of a class or a group or audience of some sort um, talking about something, but typically leaving an encouraging word. And so when I got to graduate school, I tried to do a little bit more with it in terms of getting engagements, but never thought to actually monetize. And then when I realized I could make money being a speaker uh, <laughs> after, because uh, again, I still was at this point, didn't know people got paid to speak. Right. Because, and it was one of those, I know I want to do this. I want to do something I feel like I can do, but how? And nobody could ever tell me how because nobody else did it. And so I um, finally figured out, hey, this is what you do. You have something to offer. And this is what makes you a speaker. So, um, and then say, figure out who needs what you got. Right. Cool. Good advice. And yeah, it just ties into what you said as far as just building that momentum. It doesn't happen overnight. And that's something I certainly learned the hard way. <laughs> I got started about a year ago. And I'm really starting, even though I was highly active that first year, I'm really starting to feel it, get the momentum now. Where mm-hmm. Things are starting to fall in place and people are really starting to understand, okay, what my brand is, who I would be a good audience to speak in front of. But 
Yes, for those out there who are aspiring to start a business or become a speaker, at least it's going to take some time. <laughs> oh, yeah. And, you know, I like that you said it's not an overnight thing because even, you know, I'd say legitimately three years, but some of the engagements that I've gotten even in the past two and three years have been individuals who I met nine and ten years ago. Wow. People who remembered when I spoke for a group for free. Um, people who remembered something that I said or remembered me saying, one day I'm going to be a speaker. Now they're saying, hey, I see you're finally doing it and can you help us with this? So, I mean, the thing about people like Eric Thomas or Les Brown or Lisa Nichols, and I'm like, oh, look at me, you know, people in the industry who I may look up to. Okay, I do. But to think about, you know, them being, you know, further along in life than what, you know, people like you and I are, the same story goes. They didn't just get there. They've been at this for years. People just start seeing them. So I try to keep the same, you know, perspective when I'm, in any situation, especially as a speaker, that while I may not be on a $100,000 scale yet, it's coming because I'm building in, like you said earlier, branding. And that is the most important part just to stay consistent too, so that people will recognize that you're serious about what you're doing. Right. Definitely. So you mentioned earlier about podcasting. So do you have a podcast? Yes, I do. I do. I do. It's called the First Gen Lounge. It's actually started off as an experiment. Uh, back in January 2017, I started what was then the Purpose University podcast, being that I go by the Purpose Professor. And my business is actually the Purpose Professor Limited Liability Company. That's a lot of people don't know either. But with that, I was just wanting to talk a bit about purpose and how you find your purpose in navigating life. And I was playing around like big time. Like I would podcast and maybe put up some kind of something of a show every so often, like maybe the first year I put up three shows. (laughs) Um, And I was like, uh, I just didn't know what to do with it. And I was having a conversation with a a really good friend. Actually, you know, Larry. Oh, yeah. And um, yeah, Larry having a conversation with him one day and we were talking. I said, hey, I said, I just think, you know, a lot of the problems I'm having come from me being first generation and he's like well you've been saying this to me for years when you gonna (laughs) listen to yourself and um i was like you know true maybe i should just start interviewing people on my podcast change it and see what people have to say about their version experience you know build community or something and i was being funny about it and once i started never stopped and actually got to a point where I changed the name a year ago, um, September 1, to the First Gen Lounge from the Purpose University podcast. And it took off. So it has become my baby. It is something that gives me a lot of joy, makes me really proud. But it's also really, really helped me to dive into the First Gen community and really connect with my group. I am really proud of what it's become. But hey, I'm not going to sit there and stunt. Well, I knew what I was doing. No, (laughs) it definitely evolved. And so I'd even say from that first year, may I've had like 500 downloads or so over that whole year and those three, four or five episodes, I forget how many it was, but it definitely wasn't anything to talk, you know, talk about. And um, it's now reached more than a year from last March, more than 34 countries and has wow. exceeded 24,000 downloads. So wow. somebody's listening and I was like, oh, so this is what happens when you don't play around. <laughs> um, I wasn't, ex- <laughs> yeah, I, I wasn't, I have barely advertised. Uh, I may have done one or two Facebook, what do they call Facebook promotions. Right. So I know a lot of it has been uh, word of mouth and somebody catching something that caught something. So if anybody's listening to this, that's a part of fam, the first gen fam. I thank you for that. Um, tell anybody because it's the, the people that's helping make the show what it is. Cause 
if I market it, I'm like, oh my gosh, what what would that do? So, the millions of downloads. <laughs> get there. Yeah, that would be insane, right? <laughs> wow, that, that is cool. And I had the honor of being on the First Gen Lounge podcast. Yes, yes. A, lot, a lot of fun. Official. Killed your, you killed your show. Yes, you are. Officially family. Yeah, Thank you for that. We're family now, so I highly encourage listeners to check it out, especially a lot of minorities are first-generation college students and it's to be part of that community and connect with other people that you can relate to your journey is is powerful absolutely and i'm not trying to gas you up but since we're talking about it since your folks listening tell (laughs) tell you tell you know your people our people how legit you are that no kidding your show has been my top show for september Oh, okay, okay. Now, I checked the stats what we got on the call. Let me see how the show doing. You're doing really good, though. So people are definitely responding, so that's good. That what you got to say about what you've been through. I mean, both of us is definitely touching folks, so thank you for that. Thank you for having me on. So speaking about what we've been through, so to attain your doctor's degree, that's something that, whew, that should have put you in like the top 1% or something. <laughs> now, had, did you always have aspirations of being getting the doctorate's? Of course I did. I was a kid and they asked me what I want to be when I grew up. And I said, I want to be a doctor. Okay. And I started taking math and science and realized I wasn't going to be one. <laughs> <laughs> but I um, I only ever knew one doctor. Of course, again, talking about being first generation, did not understand the complexity of education post high school. And I knew I wanted to be a teacher. And I was okay with that. I knew I wanted to do education because I just love learning and teaching um, all the same. And to kind of get where I am now, I had a, a professor actually, one from my undergraduate years and actually another from graduate school. But one actually taught me about the many kinds of doctors that you can get, you know, PhD, EDD, MD, JD, Psych D. And I was like, oh, those are a whole lot of Ds, <laughs> you know, like so many ways to the route. But I knew then that I probably could be a doctor one day, although not in the quote traditional sense of being medical doctor, because that's what most people know, meaning right. a doctor. But a doctor um, is still somebody who has an expertise in a, a certain skill in a field, be it the research or science or what have you. That's just their thing that they know in and out. And so I heard that I would have to spend at least 10 years in school to even ever be a doctor and decided, uh-uh, thing for me. Oh. <laughs> uh, I was like, hey, who's going to do that? You're going to do it? I'm not going to do that. But again, having a really great mentor, Dr. Kim Leathers, who was my honors college dean when I was in school, heard her what she said, but then got to grad school, was working on a master's. And I had an, another professor, Dr. Shelley. I never forget, older white lady at that. And I was in Mississippi. Mm-hmm. And because I tell people, like, of all the places, you know, not trying to be funny, of course, but it was it was a pleasant surprise to have had the support that I did have. And especially when people who think, oh, you know, white people are this way. No, I, had, I met a lot of good people, black, white, and otherwise, while in Mississippi. So one of my professors was like, I think you should try for a doctorate. I laughed. Ha ha. Me? Okay, sure. Ended up applying and got into the program and it was a nice speeder program for my master's but never would have imagined and here I am many years later and I got the doctorate and definitely wasn't an easy journey but I had some really amazing people to support me and encourage me uh, over the years to even get to this place so mm-hmm. that's a little bit about that wow that's certainly an inspirational journey that you took and it's cool to see how well so eye opening to see how that we may not see the gifts within us because okay, we're, we're living in our body. We don't know how the potential we have, but mentors or other people can see that in us and help us re- recognize it. So can you tell us the role that mentors have played in your 
your life, your career. We kind of touched on a little bit, but I believe you said that. (laughs) You said it all. My mentors have saved my life. Wow. If it was not for my mentors, I would be, I wouldn't be who I am. And I know that. And that's not giving myself credit. That's just saying the truth because like you said verbatim mentors seeing you what you don't always see in yourself and i have been a person of low self-esteem for a long time in spite of my outgoingness that was to just try to find something to hide how i was really feeling what i was really going through just wanting to be accepted and stuff so saying that to say my mentors saw my potential from the earliest fifth grade and would not let up on me and they knew the situation i come from being a part of a single parent household being the oldest again first generation that they needed to help me they stood in you know in the, in the gaps that's the best way I can think to say it and they helped to mold me into this individual that I didn't even know would exist somebody who could be articulate someone who could be truly outgoing and because it's of a desire not because of it's you know I need to be accepted kind of thing definitely people who were all and I'm not kidding when I say this, all educators. And so we talk about education and the value of it. There's no price tag you can put on any educator because it's not just what they're teaching in the books, it's what they're teaching about life and who they're helping you become. You spend most of your time with educators from the time you start school and through, you know, until you graduate. Right. But mentors wrote my letters for college, my recommendations, mentors connected me to other mentors for job even peer mentors helped me to find a job when I was in college and I worked that job three and a half years <laughs> you know mentors are individuals who when I'm down and out and need somebody to call um, I've been able to call them not just for professional advice but for life advice because they've got experience in you know one way or another and to have a very diverse platform of of mentors you know people who are as uh, I ain't gonna say old, but it's seasoned. <laughs> As I said, it was like, I was like, I ain't trying to get cussed out, but you know, it's, it's, I know, right? They're wise. Yes, yes, yes. But you know, as, as wise as 70 years, and then you'll have others who are as wise as 22 years because mentorship is a contingent on age always. It's contingent on somebody having something that you may not have that they can teach you. Right. So I'm very open to how my mentors come and, and how they shape me. Um, women, men, black, white, Latino. It's I like to have the, the, the diverse backgrounds because the world doesn't look like me. Right. And because the perceptions, uh, the perspectives even help me to see outside of myself. Uh, but mentors, you know, have pushed me and kept me in ways that even when I may not have been able to depend on people that I thought I could depend on, I could always depend on my mentors. They took roles for me um, similar to family. So mentorship is everything for me. And it's really what's made me want to be a mentor and as good of a mentor, if not better than the ones that I've had in my life. But they pretty hard to top. <laughs> Set the bar high. Huh? <laughs> real high, real high. Like it's a whole job trying to be like them. <laughs> No, that's great. I'm sure you made them proud and continue to make them proud, especially by paying it forward and mentoring, reaching back and mentoring other people. Thank you. Thank you. That's what it's all about, certainly. So you have your doctor's degree, you host a podcast, doing motivational speaking. 
What else have you accomplished? Have you written any books or anything like that? I did write a book and I'm over here like, when do you, when do you just chill? <laughs> um, I just don't like, I like to be on the move. So I wrote my first book about two years ago okay. and it's called 1865. Just that. Um, I was trying to get my Adele on, <laughs> but, um, but I named it 1865. It's about learning to navigate young adulthood, especially as a first generation college student. And what I essentially did was set my younger self in a chair and told her everything she needed to know. But it translates well for young adults to college students, graduate students, and even, you know, professionals uh, who just need that encouraging word and, and the life lessons. I really, and I just really love college students. They're my favorite group <laughs> of people in the whole wide world. And so everything that I, I aim to do is to support them in some kind of way. And that book uh, was really being named not because of its content, but because of its symbolism. 1865, when you think about the Emancipation Proclamation and what happened the years to come, in 1865, Shaw University was established. And so it was not only, you know, right before the freeing of slaves, but what happened the year after when they started to go to school because access was there for them to learn and to read and to write, to be better people. And education has been what has helped break the barriers for our people, which to me translated to how education and having gone to Shaw is something that really elevated me. It changed the trajectory of my life. It put me in a space where um, all things growth, where I you know, came from, literally from the ground up. So if you looked at the book cover, the reason for the tree, for the growth, but then the growth isn't always pretty. That's why the tree is kind of bare. Uh-huh. But then to have the, the birds on there, uh, I love birds for when I was writing, I was looking at trees and birds all day too. So it was just, again, that reminder, but the birds just to spread your wings and fly and wherever you land is where you're supposed to be, even if it's four seasons. So, yeah, so I really, you know, knew I was taking a chance not giving the book a deeper name. But I knew that the people whose hands it got into, it was going to help them as necessary. And I just wanted to make a statement, 1865. And so we have conversations like this to be able uh, to further share why it's so important that it's named that way. And I'm hoping to keep up that trend with the book name. So, hey. Yeah, that is really cool. Certainly deep. And I remember I was about to say, I remember looking on your webpage and seeing the book on your website and just thinking about such a cool cover. And now hearing the whole backstory and just what it, it symbolizes and got me sold. I definitely want to get the copy. <laughs> oh, I'm glad. I'm glad that you got one. I got you. So, so where are, uh, how can listeners get a copy of your book? On my website, which is www.thepurposeprofessor.com or on Amazon. Just type in 1865 because there ain't too many books named that. <laughs> and um, then you'll find it. But if you do happen to get it from my website, I'll be willing to offer y'all a little special code. For Mentor Select, you know, take care of my family. Take care of my family. Good stuff. (laughs) Cool. Wow, wow, wow. You certainly have an impressive impressive, uh, background and just a lot of things you've accomplished. I guess can you tell the listeners just how it, we can kind of hear it in your voice, but how does it feel doing something that you love and you mentioned how much you love serving college students and that's exactly what you're doing. So how, how does that feel? You ever had a cold? Yeah. Head cold, nose was stuffy. Just last week. <laughs> okay, all right. Okay, 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 okay. And then you woke up one morning and in spite of how crazy that cold was, how uncomfortable it was, you were just able to breathe and you took that breath and you were like, whoo, I feel good. Right. It feels like that. 
Wow. It feels like I spent years with a cold, you know, stuffiness and headache and drama, not feeling well and dragging. And then one morning I woke up and I could just breathe. And that doesn't mean that, you know, everything is perfect, but it means that I can breathe. I feel good. And I'm, I'm good with this. And I still got to do what I got to do. Working really hard, staying healthy, eating right, exercising, sleeping to keep the cold away. That's putting time into my business. That's marketing. That's making collaborations. That's, you know, doing things that make me uncomfortable, right? That's how I translate it. But I can breathe and I want to stay in this place. That's how it feels. Wow. <laughs> yeah, you, you nailed it. <laughs> <laughs> I appreciate you, friend. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Like, I have allergies and it was hit me hard last week. Just things take for granted being able to breathe out of both nostrils. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. <laughs> out of both of This week I can breathe again. So it definitely feels great. And that's just the inspiration to the listeners. If you're not necessarily walking in your purpose yet, doing something that you're really passionate about. Hey, that's what you have to look forward to. You'll be able to breathe. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Taking that <laughs> breath, absolutely. First time, take that breath. Yeah, I certainly, certainly love it. Well, Dr. E, you've given us so much great advice and inspiration. As we get ready to wrap up this interview, what parting words of advice would you leave the listeners with? Be who you need it in any given circumstance. Mm-hmm. And stay patient with people because just as you get frustrated with others people get frustrated with you so you want to do the reciprocity kind of thing right and never stop trying when you stop trying you also quit on yourself or whatever it is that you're after but there's more than one way to skin a cat as my mom and my grandma used to say so you know find how you're going to get what you want out of this life but don't stop trying if you truly believe in something because not trying is giving up on yourself and that's giving yourself permission to let go of what's important to you and then you'll never know what it's like to breathe. Wow. That's deep. I see why you get paid to speak. <laughs> professional. I don't have no notes. Look at how I don't know. I'm just speaking from my heart. Yeah. It's my heart. <laughs> that's great. Now, Dr. Eve, uh, I know you mentioned your website. Is there any other ways that listeners can get in contact with you? of course so people if you'd like to connect I am on Instagram and on LinkedIn those are my two social media platforms and it's just at E-V-E-H-U-D-S-O-N-P-H-D you can find me on both so I love to connect and you know share and you know just get to know you fantastic well, we really appreciate you stopping by Dr. Eve and bestowing that wisdom on us <laughs> Definitely, love it thank you very much You're so very welcome. It's been an absolute pleasure and wishing you nothing but the best luck in everything that you do ahead. I know that you're going to be great. I've really enjoyed you and shout out to your listeners for, again, for being in this space and for taking this wisdom because it's a lot of hard work that you're doing to even make it happen. So thank you for what you do. Well, I hope you capture all of that incredible knowledge and wisdom that Dr. Eve graced us with. I was truly blown away. She is a very intelligent, powerful, impactful, inspiring woman. I loved every minute of that interview. Be sure to reach out to Dr. Reed. Check out her podcast, The First Gen Lounge. It's a really dope show. I'm sure that you will enjoy it. Also, don't forget to support your boy and pick up Poverty Powerball. It's available on Amazon, iTunes, and Audible. It truly can help you overcome any adversity that you're facing. 
And since I'm feeling extra generous today, I actually have some free codes to download my audio book on Audible. So if you email me at Derich, D-E-R-R-I-C-H at mentorselect.com and let me know that you want the book, I'll send you a free code to download it. See, that's the extra bonus for you listening to the very end of this podcast. Well, I'll be back next week with another guest mentor, so be sure to tune in. Before you go, I just want to take the time to say thank you again for tuning in, for being in this space. I really appreciate you. Now, if any part of the show did anything for you, then pass the word. Tell a friend, you know, text, email, DM. Let them know about the First Gen Lounge so we can continue to inspire others that are around us. I want you to come back and kick it again. But in the meantime, keep pressing forward.